Hey, welcome back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute. This is uh, your co-host Jack and my brother Brian Lockhart. This week we are recording minute number 29. The minute begins when Gunny Highway enters a bar and prepositions the bartender. And it ends uh, with him talking about his wife. So, how you doing, Billy? I am doing good. We're back at it. Yeah, it's been it's been a few minutes, isn't it? Yeah, it has been. Well, for hopefully for our listeners, it's uh, it hasn't been. Uh, it's only been one one or two days, but for us, it's been. <laughs> it seems like it's been a little bit. Yeah, it's been busy. <laughs> we're we're back at it and plugging away. Yeah. So before we get into the minute, we received some feedback from a friend of the show, Big Jim Wilson, buddy of ours. He brought to my attention from a couple minutes ago when we met Lieutenant Ring. And mm-hmm. I had made a comment about how I always thought it was funny that when he saw a gunny, gunny highway, he said, sorry, you know, sorry, man, I'm late for preschooler school. And I always thought that was like a, like, what the hell is he talking about? That's a really funny thing he said. Like a stammer. Cause it was at the same time that he saw his, all of his ribbons and awards. Right. I mean, so that's what it, that's what it looked like to me. And that, that, that just made sense. I thought it was a funny little gag. Right. Apparently big Jim reached out to me and said, I always thought it was pre-scuba school. Oh, getting his bubble. Right. And so uh, he just said it that it just made sense. It makes more sense in that context. Yeah. All right. 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 Okay. So yeah, I, and I thought he was onto something there. So what I, I quickly Googled pre-scuba school through a series of in-depth research, I was able to find <laughs> Google <laughs> pre-scuba school, enter. Um, there was, there's something called the special forces combat diver qualification course. And I, I don't know the date on the article, but it said about 10 years ago, they added pre scuba training into that course. Really? Yeah. So pre, so that was part of being combat qualified for diving or diver. Okay. So again, yeah, that makes sense. All right. That's evidence to prove that big Jim might be onto something. Yeah. So then I, then today, before we recorded, I went to IMDb and just looked for quotes. And I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. I was <laughs> going to put the, uh, what is that called? The um, Like the lyric search? Yeah, right. Okay. What, what is it on the DVD? <laughs> what the hell? Blank and oh, I. Uh, oh, uh, uh, subtitles. Subtitles, right. And I've done it before with other minutes where I'm like, oh. Kept saying no habla. <laughs> no comprende is what I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, I was going to do that, but I just quickly, I'm like, well, I'm on IMDb anyways, you know, researching another minute. So let me take a look. And sure enough, it says plain as day, tenant ring, sorry, man, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm late for pre-scuba school. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I want to give props to Big Jim for uh, correcting us <laughs> or yes, correcting me, me anyways. No, man, because I thought it was the same thing. So, I mean, yeah, no, that's, that's. It good, you know, but you know what? Big Jim was very rarely wrong. Well, right. I mean, he was he was wrong, but he was wrong in different ways. He's wrong for <laughs> other reasons, right? <laughs> but he was right, but wrong, but wrong, so so wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to thank Big Jim for you know bringing that to our attention and and correcting the record and and uh, yeah, you know because. You know, we want to have an accurate podcast. We we don't want to just make stuff up on the spot like maybe we've done for the last 29 minutes or so. Yeah, <laughs> 20, 
Yeah, 28 and a half. All right. So now we can get into the minute. Sure. So I like what you said about Gunny coming into the, the bar and immediately just starts hitting on the bartender. Well, that's the Marine thing to do, right? Strip clubs, bars, restaurants. Right. Funeral homes. <laughs> well, <laughs> as we discussed previously, they won't recruit out of uh, Space Force out of the Marine Corps because they'll try and fuck the first intelligent life they find. Yes, they will. Or, or non-intelligent life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or everything on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like his, his uh, opening line. Hey, baby, you fool around on the first date? <laughs> <laughs> when she sees him, clearly it's obvious. She uh, she knows who he is, you know, and she's so yeah. excited to see him. Yeah. Uh, you know, just a w- arms wide open, run, comes around the bar and, you know, to hug him. Yep. You know, you wouldn't know this unless you've seen the movie. She's not just any bartender. She's, she's you know, Gunny Highway's not a young man. She's older than him. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of established that in the dialogue in this part here. She was a few years younger. That was that was the line she said. Yeah, that's I lo- I do like that. So the bartender is as we find it, her name is Little Mary. Yeah, the character's name, and she's played by Eileen Heckhart. <laughs> I'm gonna say Lockhart, but Eileen <laughs> Heckhart. Okay. She um she's she's had quite a career. I mean, is I think it's go ahead. Is that an Eagle Globe an anchor on her on her collar? Yes, it is. Ah. I had noticed that actually, you know, I was trying to look at the background of this of this bar. Yeah, that bar is pretty badass. And and when you and I were just watching in the minute again before recording, and just to kind of refresh our memory, that you know, I always I'm always paying attention to everything in the background. Here right. it is blatantly right in the beginning of the, <laughs> you know, right in the right in the foreground, and I'm looking in the background, and I'm like, like that's an Eagle Loman Acre pin, you know. And yeah. I just, it's a neat little detail. Yeah. You know, though, it's completely in, in, in character for this, for this character, I guess, being that, you know, she established that she was married. The best years of her life were married to a Marine, which we really don't know what happened to this gentleman. But uh, she works in a Marine bar next to a Marine base where, so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Clearly has an, effect, uh, an affection for Gunny Highway. A yeah. Marine's Marine, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to highlight Eileen Heckart, she she had her, her early work was, uh, she was, um did a lot of uh, stage work and she was, she was Tony nominated. And oh, wow. she, she actually won Best Supporting Actress in 1972 for, for the movie Butterflies Are Free. Uh, not something I've, it. no, 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 no. <laughs> But uh, she's done a ton of TV work. Yeah, a lot of these people I, I, that we that were that we've noticed as we've been kind of as the as the actors and actresses, especially the ones a little bit older, mm-hmm. who've come on screen. We've come to find out that you know, they've had a, a a lot of TV work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she looks familiar, but I don't know if it's this movie or if it's this. I've seen her in other things, but yeah, she does seem. There's a lot of those actors that we've seen in this in this movie so far that you know you've picked out another other things they're like oh yeah they, they but you just don't know where or if it's the fact that we've seen this movie a hundred times. Agreed. The fact that I've kind of grown up with this movie, yeah, and and seen it as much as I have, does color my where I know these people from and yeah, and so it kind of throws off. I'm like, well, have I seen them or have I just seen this a hundred times? You know, yep. 
but but as we're you know we're going back and 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 looking at some of these actors and actresses and 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 we find out they've had like year you know for 30 40 50 years sometimes mm-hmm. uh, all these different tv shows that i'm i'm like i'm sure i've seen them in at least a couple things and never yeah. realized you know right and so you wonder if it's like in subconsciously you're like yeah i've, I've seen this guy before this actress before Right. Most of the ones that we've, that, I mean, you know, that we can say that we've probably recognized the most are going to end up being, you know, Gunny Highway Squad, right? Or a Splatoon. And a lot of them, you know, you've seen in other things and we've established that some of them have been in other things. But but some of the older actors, you know, some of the other, we'll say, uh, bit parts. Little Mary, I, I, I could swear I've seen her in other things before. I just, my my brain is poisoned as, as to where I've seen it. It's either this movie a hundred times. Or, you know, some random episode of Magnum P.I. or something, you know. All right, or MASH or, you know. Yeah, anything. anything. <laughs> As we continue through this movie and get introduced to more mm-hmm. and more characters, uh, that's still going to yeah. hold true. Yeah, there's some good ones in here. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, bring this down a little bit, she passed away in 2001. So I just noticed, it looks like there's a picture of a baby drinking a bottle of beer on the wall yes i just saw that (laughs) yeah why not it's a marine bar must be a boot (laughs) yeah no kidding yeah baby (laughs) yeah (laughs) years ago i saw a friend of ours that we served with um she was she long had gotten out Mm -hmm. but her husband was still in and he retired maybe a year or two ago and she would go to the commissary though and just be like take pictures of the, she goes, Oh, the baby Marines are out in force. And oh. <laughs> it would, they would just be these young boots just walking around. And <laughs> it's, just, it's just kind of funny. Like, you know, Oh, you know what? Um, I want, I, there's something I noticed once again, thanks to headphones. Mm. As soon as, as soon as like Clint Eastwood walks in, you know, Gunny Highway walks in and and says his line as she comes around. There's you know there's a, they're they're talking a lot, but there's there's pauses in between their conversation, and it is plain as day that a, that a, there's a song playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Just in the, you know, and it makes sense. It's 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 a very low key bar. You can tell this is probably a bar for older people. It almost is like um reminds me of like a like a VFW or a, yeah. Uh, what's yeah. the other one? <laughs> oh, uh, um, Le- American Legion. Yeah, I was going to say VA, but I was like, no. <laughs> no, no, that'd be just people waiting around forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- so it's just, you know, it's an old-time bar, and it's a very mellow song that's in the background. And it's hard yeah. to make out. And maybe I've noticed it before in the past, but it again, listening to the, these minutes with headphones on, mm-hmm. it, it, very, it stood out, and there are certain times where it's very loud. Right. Where I think when you're watching it on TV, it, it kind of gets drowned out in the background. You don't really notice as much. Yeah. So I wanted to figure out what is this song. My Google assistant was useless. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but anyways, I started uh, trying to do some research about the uh, soundtrack for Heartbreak Ridge. Right. Which there really isn't a, like an audio soundtrack, but you know, on IMDb and other places have some information about songs and stuff, stuff like that. Right. Well, anyway, so I looked it up, and the it's a woman singing. It's a very you know mellow song, and it's uh, Jill Hollier. Huh. Now, with a deeper dive, she actually has three songs on this soundtrack. Really? Yeah. 
It would have been awesome if you just said, yeah, I heard this song, and it, uh, I've come to find out it's Metallica, for whom the bell tolls. Right. You know, old people just sitting around. <laughs> just... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Jill Hollier, huh? Three songs on... Yeah, Jill Hollier. And I was able to narrow this down. I couldn't tell which song it was exactly. It's mm. either Secret Love or A Very Precious Love. Hmm. So I sense a theme there between the songs. So yeah, I think she's a three-hit wonder. Uh, it's funny you say that because there is another song I will get to later in a future minute that she she's in that as well. So I'll save it. For, I'll save to talk about that song then. But okay, basically, I know I know it's not the song later because I was able to identify the one in a later minute. I forget what minute it is. It's 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 a little ways down the line. So we'll discuss that then. Sounds like she was like a country singer. I could not find much about her. Found some uh, a magazine article about a a place in Waco, Texas. The Hollier sisters, they were twins, out and sing there, and they got a. I found a, a thing from 1973. It said, "Next, Jan and Jill Hollier, twin sisters from Port Arthur, will sing a duet of country mountain music." Twins, both freshman music majors, accompany themselves on the flute and guitar. You know, there was some thing about how they would come into this this one restaurant in like Waco and they would they would sing, you know. I really couldn't find much else about her, but she apparently sang a song for Clint Eastwood and it's one that he wrote. There's some celebration of Clint Eastwood from like the late 80s or 90s that was on like TV and she she sang a song to Clint Eastwood. Oh. I found a YouTube video of, of her singing it. And he was, you know, you could tell he was like very smitten with like, you know, oh. very, to- very touched by the song, you know, right. and they kept, they kept cutting to him. And like I said, there's a YouTube video of it. Well, it turns out he composed that song. Really? Yeah. Clint Eastwood's a Renaissance man. No, he really is. That song, I figure what it is right now is, is in this, that's the later minute song. So that's why I was able to narrow it down between secret love and a very precious love. I just can't tell which one it is. No, okay. It's funny you say that about Clint Eastwood being a Renaissance man because I knew he's he sang songs. One of my favorite songs is "Beers to You" with him and Ray Charles, and it's the intro to "Any Which Way You Can." <laughs> the monkey movie. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, of course, I'm gonna go back to that damn movie. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, so he sings uh, Beers to You with Ray Charles. The main theme song for Bronco Billy is Barroom Buddies with Merle Haggard. I think he likes having little set passion projects with people he enjoys. So I knew those things. And when I was in, when I was in the Corps, a buddy of mine gave me a CD or a, or a tape of, um, what the hell's the guy's name? Randy Travis. Oh, Christ. Yeah, Randy Travis doing duets with everybody. Uh-huh. And one of them was Clint Eastwood. No shit. And it was like, you don't reach for the honey without first smoking the hive. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no, you don't drink. No, you don't drink while you drive. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really all I knew of Clint Eastwood's, you know, singing. But then I forgot he had done, um, what was that movie with uh, Sal Guerrero? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you, you had to use the Star Wars name, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. 
<laughs> I couldn't think of his name. So if you just said the guy, yeah, the black dude with the loopy eye, I would have been like, been like, nope, 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 nope. But using his Star Wars name, I'm like, oh yeah, um, shit, I know who that is. <laughs> yeah, we are such dorks. <laughs> he did a song, you know, he did a movie where he directed it, but I think he did some of the music for it, and it's uh, with Forrest Whitaker, and it was like about a, ja- a real life jazz singer. I cannot remember the name of the movie right now. So, so going back, I was like, all right, what are, what are some of the things that Clint Eastwood did? And so he did Smoke in the Hive, mm. as, as we discussed. He did a song called Make My Day with T.G. Shepard. T.G. Shepard. Yeah, T.G. Shepard, he was a country singer. I looked it up. It was from 1984. And it's basically this kind of country singer I'm not really familiar with singing. And then all of a sudden, it's just Clint Eastwood goes, go ahead and make my day. <laughs> <laughs> God Christ. Oh, oh it's horrible. <laughs> Stop it, Clint. He was in Paint Your Wagons. Oh, yeah. The Simpsons mentioned they got a, a, a rough and tumble shoot em up Western with Lee Marvin and, <laughs> and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> and then Clint Eastwood starts singing, and they go, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then when drunken surly Lee Marvin shows up, you know he's going to shoot somebody, but then he starts singing too. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, spoiler alert, I like that movie. <laughs> sure you do. But I didn't realize he's also a composer. Like, Clint Eastwood's a composer. He did, um, he composed the songs for, for a lot of his later movies, like J. Edgar, uh, yeah. The Changeling, The Hereafter. Actually, I found a song from Heartbreak Ridge, as we'll talk about later. He composed the song "How Much I Care." That's hmm. that's from later by Jill okay. Hollier. But he did he did um, the love theme from Bridges of Madison, Madison County. So what I found out about his music career is he's always had a, a strong passion for music, and, and jazz and country and western are his favorites. Right. But he's a pianist and a composer. Oh wow! He developed. As a ragtime pianist early on in the late 1959, he produced an album, Cowboy Favorites, which he released on the Cameo label. Yeah, and he, you know, jazz was a big, important part of his early life. Well, I mean, guess jazz during that time period probably was like the way you and I grew up to like regular rock and roll. Oh, yeah. So to to them, it was, well, to him, it was probably just pretty commonplace. That makes that it makes sense. Yeah, yeah it it totally before, does. Yeah, before the devil's music, you know. Right, right, and um, yeah. So he composed a score that I think we said Mystic River, Million Dollar Baby, Flags of Fathers, and a few others I've already mentioned. Hmm. Yeah. So he he's done a ton of stuff. Actually, his son too is a jazz bassist and composer himself, Kyle Eastwood. Oh, I was like it's Scott. I didn't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. He he just spitting kids out, is he? <laughs> right. <laughs> I was, you know, Googling some of these songs. I'm like, well, I want to hear, you know, this make my day song and you know, stuff like that. Because like I said, I do some of them, but not all of them. It, it led me to some old uh, Rawhide episodes where he was singing. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And oh, I didn't no. realize. Yeah, I didn't realize he sang a lot on that show, I think. Yeah. he. Uh, so I, I found this one episode where... Somebody was supposed to be on stage. All the rowdy cowboys are there, and the 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 person wasn't showing up. So they're like, "Hey, send Clint Eastwood out there." I forget his name on the show. 
And and he's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going out there. And they're like, come on, you got to do it. Just go out there and sing. And of course he gets out there and he sings and he sings great. Legitimately. I thought he had a great voice. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, wow, that's, you know, not, not the raspy voice as, as he gets older. So I was pretty impressed. And I was like, I thought that was funny. So I'm like, so he, he had been singing. I didn't know this, but for, you know, his whole life. I, I, like you said, I thought when I heard these, these like, Hey, I'm the director, I'm the producer. I'm going to sing the theme song, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was like a vanity project, you know, like you said, like, but no, he's, he's, he's music's been a big part of him and I did not realize how much he composed, but it's totally side note from this. No, that's, that's, I mean, he's talented. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Well, I found a, um, because after watching a couple of those uh, clips of him singing on Rawhide, I found an, uh, an episode where it was uh, him versus uh, Charles Bronson. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I got to watch it. And it was, you know, it was just basically Charles Bronson. <laughs> Death Wish or Dirty Harry. <laughs> uh, right, exactly. Well, they they were both much younger than that, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Charles Bronson was going to kill a man over getting mud on his uh, pants. And Clint Eastwood said, you know, that's an awful high price you, you put on a pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, he should have uh, been more careful or whatever. And, and, he, and so he's like, step aside. And he's like, I'm not stepping aside. You know, so they were, they were about to, you know, pull. But then somebody, <laughs> somebody came in and, you know, kind of broke it up. And they had a dance off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a walk off. I saw I saw a picture of Charles Bronson. Uh, I don't remember what year it was. That little dude was yoked. He was he was he was Jesus. No, when he was a younger man, that dude was Jack. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> he was walking around with like some some like model chick or his wife or girlfriend or something in a bikini on. It was like in California, and he had like like a pair. He was just walking around like jeans and no shirt. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he was like a coal miner or something like that. And mm. I mean, that dude, I mean, he looked 57 his whole life. Yeah. He always reminded me of a catfish with that silly ass mustache. Or that happy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, like I remember watching The Dirty Dozen for the first time. And oh, that movie it, rules. It's so good. Oh, actually, no, no, not The Dirty Dozen. That That is good. Uh, and is great, but no, it was um the Magnificent Seven when they go to recruit him. Oh yeah, and he's up there like just splitting splitting wood. Yeah, and they don't, you know, I'd never seen the movie at, at this point, and I knew he was in it, but I thought I was thinking he was going to be some other actor. Uh, and they showed him in the background. I'm like, who's that massive man back there that they're going to recruit? And then they, and then the camera got closer, and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, that's Charles Bronson. He's huge. <laughs> you know, because yeah, I mean, most of the time I, mean, I saw you know Charles Bronson, I'm thinking of Death Wish, where he's an older man and yeah, he's svelte anymore. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he wasn't very tall, from what I understand. He was like a little bitty guy, but yeah, he was. Uh, I wouldn't mess with him. <laughs> shit no <laughs> no not even a little bit all right we'll, we'll circle back to the actual movie proper <laughs> maybe talk about that before the minute ends yeah we're, yeah we're going off-roading <laughs> little mary sees him she's like i'll get you a beer and she's so happy to see him and all that he doesn't stop flirting with her though you know <laughs> no <laughs> yeah in true in true marine fashion i think that's the fault setting when he goes into a bar 
She's like, damn you, boy. Don't you know how to write or call? He's like, ah, I don't want to. I don't want you to give you any sleepless nights thinking about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the whole time he's winking at her, you know, he's kind of, he's smiling at her, and, you know, he's holding that beer to his mouth. I don't even know if he takes a drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just occurred to me how they know each other. Okay. Um, Go for it. <laughs> I'm, it, I'm curious to hear your theory. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Because I know, because I've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, but no, yeah. So I have seen, I've seen the movie a lot too. But it just like, I guess when you're just watching it, you don't pay attention to these things. I just connected the dots. He was, he was one of the guys that they they fought with um, at Heartbreak Ridge. Correct. Yeah. Little, Little Mary's husband was with Tom Highway and Sergeant Major Chuzu, which we will get more details about that later. Right, uh, but you're right. That's how, and that's why she's a little bit older. Right, and I'm also a giant asshole that I just connected those dots that they really blatantly tell you about. Uh, yeah, it, it's explicit <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, I guess I must have got up to go piss there and all those times. <laughs> this movie. You're like, oh like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I need to go shit. I'll be back. <laughs> well, they're talking about real life stuff. Yeah, to it Boo. <laughs> Get back to the guns in the shooting. Yeah, yeah. Blow something up. <laughs> we get the famous line that that I we've used. Panther piss. Panther piss. <laughs> you yeah. said Mary because I'm you know you said being little Mary being the husband of somebody that they were in Heartbreak Ridge with. Tom Highway argued that marriage and the Marine Corps didn't were not compatible, and she said Panther piss. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, after making such a big deal about that, you know what? I'm wondering if her husband was the originator of that phrase. That makes sense. Yeah. They use it again themselves, either her or, I mean, not her, uh, Tom Highway or Sergeant Major Chuzu. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good theory there. I, you know, she said the best years of her life were with a Marine. Yep. And she said if she was a little bit younger, she'd make her uh, make him meet his words and curl his toes. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, he, 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 he jokes. I bet you could. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he kind of laughs and smirks at that. I bet you could. <laughs> Remember that, ladies. The best years of your life could be spent with a Marine. Uh, <laughs> I do like, though, that uh, she immediately, being kind of like the mother hen type, mm-hmm. turns her right back around. Aggie always kept a smile on your face. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and And right there with that comment, that kind of sets up the other half of the movie. You know, he's yeah. the first, yeah. the first the character, yeah, the foreshadowing of the character we haven't met yet. Right. Cause you know, his, I don't know, one's plot A, one's plot B. I don't know. But one, one plot, one story is, Hey, I got to get these Marines into shape and I yep. deal with an asshole, you know, major, right. A major asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the other is the plot where he is reading women's magazines, trying to connect with Apparently, he seems to have plans at this point with reconnecting with his ex. Yeah, I, I'm I'm wondering about that because I, I guess we'll talk about it now. I don't think it gets into it at all in this movie. He's reading those magazines to be more of a, I, we assume, to be more of a sensitive guy. Yeah. That's what, you know, it's what I take is that, come, again, that comes back up. Trying to understand where he went wrong, maybe, or do things different. Yeah, he's trying, like, he's trying like training manuals. 
but he didn't seem to know is my guess. I'm just guessing that he doesn't seem to know that his ex-wife it was, was here. Like he didn't, he wasn't trying to get back to fleet Marine force, you know, because he wanted to reconnect with his wife. He wanted to get back to a fighting unit because that's what he is. And that's what he does. Right. But I do wonder if, you know, he's finally, he's starting to see the sunset. Yeah. And so he's like, I got, I, he realizes how he is and maybe needs to make some changes and he doesn't know how to do it. So he's reading women's magazines to figure out <laughs> sensitive to a woman's needs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, what have I been doing wrong all these years? I, I thought I was doing it right. You know, which is uh, it's a great sense of awareness on his part as a character, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that basically ends the, the minute. Oh, um, one thing I did want to point out, I notice a sign in the background that says an old bastard lives here. <laughs> Uh-oh, do you hear me? Please stand by as we deal with some technical issues. Do... All right, ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the end of our minute. As we stated, the minute ends with little Mary bringing up Aggie. And if you notice, I am running solo at the moment. My boy Perry had some technical difficulties and Hopefully, I'm still online and talking to all you nice folks out there in podcast land. So we're going to go ahead and end Minute 29 and ask that everybody come back and join us on Friday for Minute 30. You know, these technical difficulties that Perry ran into, it's a bunch of panther piss. Welcome to the Rico Movie Minute, <laughs> where we fuck up one minute at a time. <laughs> Every minute of the podcast. Right, uh, Every minute's a blooper. Because you were like really loud in my ear. Okay. Uh, which is not your fault. And I don't know. Am I, am I, oh, you know what, motherfucker? I'm sitting on a damn volume button. <laughs> 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 I've got this damn headset. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like hitting on my computer, hitting it down. And it keeps fighting me and it's going back up. I'm like, what the fuck? You, you're, sitting on, uh, you're sitting on the lasso of truth. You're sitting there like, <laughs> yeah, you're got- gorgeous. <laughs> and I don't want to die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. You tell anybody about this, you're going to meet every piranha I know. <laughs> oh, well, I, we got our blooper. <laughs>